1: What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brick and Bust. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel and Jack. The Nets fell to the Grizzlies 121-132. We did get some other great news on the Kyrie Irving front, but the Nets weren't able to give him a birthday win.
2: Yeah, birthday. He has been pretty poor on his birthday, finally. enough, in terms of the stats. I think Ryan Rucker was alluding to it and, and getting the wins on his uh, day of birth. But look, this was a tough one, Nick, because the Nets had chances and there were things I always look at, you know, things within their control, things out of their control. You know, Steve Nash, you know, some of the role players and whatever. KD and Kyrie did everything they they could do. You know, there was a pretty massive, you know, third, third quarter stretch. But you know, ultimately, you know, some of the defense that left a lot to be desired. And some stretches of basketball from guys beyond KD and Kyrie left a lot to be desired also.
1: Yeah, we're going to jump into that and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But like you said, Jack, you know, there was that great third quarter from the Nets. They outscored the Grizzlies 42-27, to 27, able to kind of make that double-digit comeback. But it felt like in the fourth quarter they just kind of ran out of juice.
2: Look, Tyree only played 44 minutes, Nick. You know, <laughs> obviously he's been unavailable for, an, for extended stretches throughout the year. So you want to sort of get him out there for as long as we can and you know the nets needed his offense and then some you know seven to seven from the free throw line, six of 11 from three 15 and 27 from the field him and kd combined for 78 points <laughs> 78 points they combined for 27 to 55 from the field you know kd's three point shot wasn't on tonight but he hit all of his free throws so 17 free throws both of those guys combined four as well and KD was dropping a few dimes here KD a little bit but you know, touching on Kyrie. Yeah, you know, and eight assists for him, you know, one seal, one block, you know, the usual flair, the usual pizzazz, the usual artistry that he showed. Uh, just getting, you know, shot making on a on a level that few guys can can produce like Kyrie Irving can. And it was just unfortunate that he wasn't able to have other guys get along for the ride because you know, it, with the Memphis Grizzlies missing their best player in Ja Morant, this was a very, very winnable game, and it gives you momentum heading into the Miami Heat game. And we discussed, you know, pretty in depth, you know, the schedule looking forward on on the other episode. Check that out in the feed too. But this one feels like one you know, that's that the Nets could have had, and there's a couple of games this year that they could have had. You know, and and another, again, another Kyrie Irving performance that is just going to go unnoticed because of uh, the nature of the result. Yeah,
1: and I think they can look at themselves for the way that they played uh, defensively and on the boards in the first half. You know, giving up 40 to Memphis in the first quarter and then 36 in the second quarter. And yeah, Memphis had a crazy game shooting from three. You know, they shot over 50% from three. But a lot of that was given because the Nets just gave them a lot of wide open threes to start the game. And they gave wide open threes to good three point players. You know, Desmond Bain, six of 10 from three. And you're looking at DeAnthony Mellon, six of 10 from three. DeAnthony Mellon's not
2: great. Yeah, he's not a great three point shooter, but Desmond Bain is the one that does.
1: I mean, DeAnthony Mellon, I think, shot 40% like a year or two ago on four, four attempts a game. So I looked up his numbers during the game, and he—it was he's a good enough three-point shooter that you shouldn't give him 10 wide-open attempts. And I don't really feel like many of these attempts from most of the Memphis guys, at least in the first half, were that contested. And I felt like by the time they got some of these more difficult looks in the second half, they're already hot because the Nets are just giving them this large cushion and all these open shots and not really showing them the respect. You know, you mentioned John Morant didn't play, but they still have players in this team, and they just had a well-rounded attack.
2: Yeah, and and that's just what they've done for a lot this season. You know, the Nets play uh, the Grizzlies. Sorry, played some of their best basketball when Jamal Moran yeah. was out, and their three point percentage this year they are twenty fourth in the league at thirty four point four percent. And the Nets allowed them to shoot, you know, fifty percent, as you alluded to, Nick. You know, it's not good enough, and I yep. think some of that is just. Not being engaged enough, you know, going under screens when they shouldn't be, you know, not switching, you know, with the the right level of you know engagement and crispiness that they've they've shown, you know, on occasions, you know, like in the, like in that jazz game. So I mean, that happened too
1: much tonight. There was too much of the, like you said, Jack. The switching wasn't on point. The communication wasn't there. Or then they'd switch, and then there was also like a lot of over rotation or two guys rotating to the same player, now giving the other team an advantage, or also just giving them an advantage on the boards where the Nets also got killed tonight.
2: Yeah, the 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 rebounding advantage is, you know, we should have Andre. We got Andre Drummond now, Nick. It shouldn't be the case, but forty six rebounds to thirty nine, and I think it was the the nature of a lot of those boards. You know, KD shouldn't be leading the team in rebounding by by his you know overall you know uh, incredible skill set. Rebounding is one of the worst things that he does. If not the worst, because he's just not a guy that's sort of a, a, a banger down there. That's, you know, Drummond and, and Clacks of late who have been doing that sort of thing. So the fact that he had to lead the team in that department is is something that is, you know, a bit of a, an aberration and, and a bit of like an indictment on on the team overall. You know, the fact that KD in his 40 minutes had to get 11 boards and, and outside of that, you know, Kessler Edwards had six and then Bruce Brown had seven. You know, Andre Drummond should be getting more than five. Nick Claxton, you know, obviously his lunch. Yeah. It's just at at the end of the day, those two guys out, we've had a lot of praise for, for both of our centers at different points this season. Uh, but Steven Adams was just, he was botting, he was botting them and and he outplayed them. And it was a big reason. He's a big reason in, in terms of in certain matchups, this is a matchup that suits Steven Adams against Andre Drummond. You know, if you, maybe go early with a, a little bit more switching or whatever. You have to sort of, re- and, and again, Andre John was plus 14 in this game. Uh, in, in a lot of stretches, you know, that might be a little bit noisy, but he was out there for a lot of the periods at Kyrie. Open was out there. Um, he, yeah, I I don't think he was amazing. It had an amazing. Year. I thought it was better well, I than- think
1: honestly, with Steven Adams too, it's not only that like he gets his own offensive boards, but he occupies Andre Drummond. So even at like times when Drummond's having a, a good possession on the boards, it's just kind of a balance out. And now you have all these athletic bodies from Memphis that just play with a lot of energy and they're just gritty players coming in and grabbing some offensive boards. You know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't just Steven Adams. You know, I think Dylan Brooks had two offensive boards. You got Jaron Jackson with one, Desmond and Bain with one, Kyle Anderson with two, four for Brandon Clark. Like it just was the group energy from the Grizzlies attacking the nets on the offensive boards. And even going into this game, Steve Nash mentioned last time they played them, they got destroyed on the boards. I think they mentioned they had like 20 plus offensive boards or something like that. And like, yeah, 16 isn't the end of the world, but it was enough to be the difference in this game tonight, especially when the opposing team is shooting 50 percent
2: from three. Yeah it's it sucks when you know you get beaten by what you know and and what you've what you've already seen before you know you should be able to make those adjustments but you just can't execute out there it's just like you know uh, it's it's frustrating but look you you got to sort of take the good and the and the bad from this and and there are probably way more bad than good it's essentially just Kyrie and KD and this wasn't even an amazing Kevin Durant game by by that stretch and that's saying something for a guy who had 35 points on 12 or 28 shooting it was pretty poor from the three-point line. Did have 10 free throws. I mentioned the 11 boards, including one offensive. Uh, had eight assists, two steals, and two blocks. I thought some of his defense was was okay at times, but I think it was a bit inconsistent also. I think it was a little bit emblematic of the team overall. I thought Bruce was was pretty positive in that department, and he's been continuing to be uh, a real positive for the team overall. We've been glowing of about Bruce Brown, our form and love of late. But, yeah, it's just... Against a team that has depth and quality across the board, you know, you want your guys like Patty Mills and Nick Claxton to still go out out there and give you spurts and stretches because that's what happened in in a lot of our games. You know, when it happened uh, in the Jazz game, it happened in the Jazz game where it's Kevin Durant leading the team. It's just like, well, now that Kyrie Irving's here, you guys can't go back into your shells. We need you even more, especially against a team that has, you know, DeAndre, Melton, Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson, just so much depth across the board. Tyus Jones steps in pretty goddamn ably. Uh, also, Zion Williams chips in, you know, a little bit here and there uh, as as a young guy. But it, it's just the Nets. Ha- the Nets should have won this game, Nick. They had more talent on the floor, and they had capable enough role players to be able to go out there and execute on at least one end of the floor. Because James Johnson and Patty Mills, you know, this is going to come as a shock to a lot of people. Patty Mills was awful, like yeah. truly, truly awful. Minus 27 in a 12-point game in the 25 minutes that he was out there. So it's essentially that every single minute that he was out there, the, the Grizzlies were essentially scoring at will. Didn't hit a shot, didn't hit a three, had a board. That was it in 25 minutes. This is the worst game I've seen Patty Mills play in a very, very, very long time. And that's saying something in a game where James Johnson was pretty pitiful as well. So... Whether the you know the Seth Curry absence obviously had an effect. You know we spoke about Patty even Mills even the
1: Goran being, Dragic absence,
2: both of them being out. You know means Patty Mills again has to play again. So if if Goran Dragic and Seth Curry are back against Miami, rest Patty Mills. If yeah. both of those guys are healthy for an extended period, give Patty Mills a little bit of rest. Again, I'm not saying I, I said this on the last pod as well. If Patty Mills is out there and he's going out there to shoot up for for the Nets, he's got to be producing. The Nets got him for a reason to be able to hit some open threes and and play some pesky defense and and do those little things here and there. He was just uh, uh, objectively awful tonight.
1: Yeah, it's just that he wasn't able to provide any type of positive impact. Like you said, he's not knocking down threes defensively it wasn't working well from him. He was getting eaten on screens, especially the way they officiated this game. And it's just tough. And obviously ball handling and creating is not really his forte. So like you said, when Seth is back and Gordon is back, you know, either give Patty the night off or just play him really limited minutes because he was off and they needed him tonight. They really needed someone to step up and be a scorer. And the Nets bench just got thoroughly outplayed by the Memphis bench. Like we talked about De'Anthony Mellon had a big game. Brandon Clark had a big game. Kyle Anderson put up points and the Nets, I think what they combined for 11 or 12 points off the bench, you have what, 11. seven, yeah, 11 for the Nets. Like, come on, you know, you just need more than that. That's just not going to get it done, especially when you're not getting any kind of offensive production from Kess in the starting lineup, which is kind of expected. So it was just a tough matchup. Like you said, it was really, you know, Katie and Kyrie took up a majority of the scoring load. Bruce was great defensively, had an impact offensively. Andre Drummond did enough to be okay But really, the rest of the team just wasn't good enough tonight. They needed one guy to be good, and I can't really say anybody was good.
2: Yeah, well, Bruce, I think, was probably... No, I mean, mine is Bruce in
1: Drummond. I think Drummond was solid enough to get the win. I don't think he was great. But the other guys, no, like, Kess was pretty good defensively, but I think he had more defensive uh, communication problems in this one than anything. And he's a rookie, so I'm not really expecting much. I'm looking at Patty. I'm looking at James Johnson. I'm looking at Claxton. I'm even looking at Cam, maybe trying to get a little bit more production. And I also look at Steve Nash, because I think after the way James Johnson played in the first half, please put Blake in the game. You know, you could argue that James Johnson cost the Nets like a good five point swing in that either late third quarter, early fourth quarter. And that was a big momentum stretch. Blake's out there. Things might've gone differently. And also Blake could have helped on the boards. You know, James Johnson just wasn't good. He was bad. Patty Mills was bad. These guys just didn't play well. You have another player on the bench to try throw Blake out there. He played really well against the jazz.
2: He was so good against the jazz. It's just like, this is what the frustrating thing about Steve Nash is. One of the final thoughts I'll provide for, for the listeners before I have to head off, and, and Nick will be able to go in a bit deeper in, in certain respects, is that he has the answers, or he at least has a answer, an answer. Sorry, And Blake is one of them, and he just chooses not to use it. It's just like, it's infuriating. And again, Steve Nash probably is low down on the list of the reasons why the Nets lost this game, but he certainly was one of the reasons.
1: Yeah, I think it's just that one more thing you would have liked to see him try. And like you said, the the Nets lost this game because they didn't play well enough. And they didn't play well enough defensively in the first half. They put themselves in a hole and they, they dug out of it in the third, but they ran out of juice to kind of get themselves back in. So it is what it is. But like you said, Jack, uh, you take the loss and you just kind of move on and you hope that the other guys can step up and you get Gorn, you get Seth back.
2: That's it at the end of the day. Hopefully the you put this one behind you, you. You take the good form from the two superstars and hopefully they maintain that momentum against a, a team that's pretty hot and firing in, in the Miami Heat. And, and hopefully you give them a, a bit of a lesson in how it's done. But you know, the Nets at their best are, are way better than the way that they played tonight. And the Nets, it, it proves that with the absence of some of their role players, their quality role players like Seth Curry, who's been really, really positive and amazing for the Nets. And Goran Dragic, who's been more than solid as well. The reverberating effects of that on the other role players, It just showed that they weren't able to handle it.
1: Yeah, and even the impact it has on KD and Kyrie from the spacing and the playmaking stuff. But, Jack, any final thoughts you get out of here?
2: Let's get that W against Miami, baby.
1: We're driven
0: by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data,
1: Let's wrap this episode up. And before we run through all the players quickly touch on the absence of Seth Curry and Goran Dragic in this one. And I, I, f- I think it was felt, you know, I think Seth from the obvious perspective of floor spacer and also just other offensive option that could create, especially with the attention, you know, Kyrie and Katie were getting in this game. also sets mid range ability, you know, off of a lot of the rotations, if these guys are over helping on Katie and Kyrie or giving them more attention, that creates angles and opportunities for Seth to capitalize. And then obviously, you know, Patty's poor play, they don't have that elite three point shooter that can space the floor. You know, there's opportunities for Patty to be impactful tonight. And he just wasn't able to do that. So having Seth available, I think would have been pretty big for this game. And I mean it's quite obvious at this point you could argue he's their third best offensive player, you know, and I don't think that's a hot take in any way until at least Ben Simmons comes back, but even still, you know, you could argue Seth and what he can do in the way that he can complement Kyrie and KD is pretty pretty impactful on the floor. So his absence was definitely felt. And then Gorin, you know, Goren obviously three-point shooting is not amazing, but he's still solid and provides you another option. I think he's also, you know, a witty basketball player. And he also would be out there alleviating the pressure of Kyrie and KD from setting up the offense and just kind of getting things set a little bit quicker. I think at times, especially in that first half, you know, offensively the Nets took a little bit of time to get into some of their sets a little bit more disorganized and also just more of a workload for Kyrie and KD to set things up and just less energy for them to have in the fourth quarter, less energy for them to have defensively. So the absence of Seth and Gorin obviously felt in this one, but not an excuse given the Grizzlies were mi- uh, missing John Moran, their best player. So that's that's not really an excuse for the Nets. There was other opportunities and ways for them to win this game, specifically, as I alluded to with Jack, defensively, they needed to be better in this one, just allowing Memphis to get too many good looks from three. And like we've talked about with the Nets for a long time, you know when you allow any team to get confident in a team especially like the Grizzlies that is good and has confidence you allow them to cook and then they start hitting the tough shots in the fourth quarter and now your comeback just becomes that much less likely. So overall the Nets had ways to win this game and that's without even touching on the rebounding that Jack and I touched on earlier in this one. But running through the players, you know, Kevin Durant, 35 points tonight, played about 40 minutes 12-28 from the field, 1-7 from 3, 10-10 from the free throw line, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks 5 turnovers. And I mean, right off rip, you could tell, you know, Memphis was trying to make this game difficult for him. Very physical, Dylan Brooks constantly in his face, you know, doubles there, you know fouls when necessary. And and I think Katie had some t- issues at times getting into rhythm. And I think also just wasn't his best shooting night, especially from three. Missed some good open looks from there. And I think he's been a little inconsistent from three, you know, this season in general. And some of that's just been, you know, personnel and how the Nets have been Unable to generate a ton of three-point looks since Kyrie's been back, and since you know post All-Star break they've been better in post-trade deadline, but you know I think that's impacted KD, and you know his workload has been huge. But you love the eight assists, the 11 rebounds, five turnovers. You'd probably like him to clean up some of those. You know, there's a few that were just forced. You know, driving into a crowded group, or that one pass. You know, the bounce pass he threw to Bruce Brown that was intercepted by Kyle Anderson. Easy two points for the Grizzlies. Pretty impactful playing the game. So you want to see KD clean up some of that stuff and defensively two steals two blocks uh I would say he had a highlight performance, you know, highlight plays defensively, but consistently throughout the game. I wouldn't say it was his best defensive game in this one. So uh, not a bad game by KD by any standard, but not, you know, one of his best games of the season either. He was good enough for the Nets to get the win, especially with the way Kyrie played. It was just a lot of, you know, the other supporting cast that didn't step up or give enough production. You know, Kessler Edwards played about 20 minutes in this one, finished with three points, one of three from the field, one of one from the three point line, six rebounds two offensive, one steal, one block. You know, Kess is a rookie, so your expectations aren't super high. Maybe try to get him another look from three or just kind of get some more ball movement, but he's pretty limited in what he can do offensively. I think defensively, you know, In terms of actual defense, he wasn't bad. Got caught on a couple Steven Adams screens, and the physicality of the Grizzlies had somewhat of an impact on him. But overall, I think still a lot of his issues defensively are just like experience, communication, being on the same page. He's a guy at times that can overhelp or overrotate, or at least from what it seems from our perspective, maybe he's doing the right thing and someone else is doing the wrong thing. I think there was just confusion in terms of, where the help was for the Nets. You know, there was just a little bit of overhelp tonight and then not correcting it. And then next thing you know, it was a five-on-four opportunity where, you know, one guy's past the three-point line. So just different elements like that. And like I said, Kess, you don't really expect a ton, especially a rookie playing 20 minutes, and he's kind of more of a fill-in for the absence of Seth and Gorin. But moving on to Andre Drummond, you know, 15 points, seven nine from the field, five rebounds, one assist, one steal, two turnovers. I, it wasn't a great drumming game. I wouldn't even say it's a good drumming game. He was okay in this one. He did enough where the Nets probably could have won the game. You know, Adams definitely, you know, manhandled him a couple times, and defensively Drummond wasn't great, but did finish with 15 points, was plus 14, and I think in that third quarter he did enough to be impactful. You know, you maybe consider even putting him in in the fourth just to see what he can do, but overall, you know, not – not super upset with Drummond because I don't think the expectations are ever really super high for him. It's kind of all over the place. You know that he's a hot and cold player. But moving on to Bruce Brown, you know, continued his stellar play. 13 points, 6 9 from the field, 1 from three, seven rebounds, four offensive, one assist in four blocks. Defensively, easily the best in that on the floor. You know, he matched the physicality, had like I said, four blocks, just was really contesting a lot of shots, having an impact on the end of the floor where other guys were not. So I think on the nights where the rest of the team team doesn't play great defense Bruce's defense can even stick out a little bit more and he found a way to get a couple buckets you know in around the trees in a crowded paint area so credit Bruce continuing to play well and doing his thing and always just plays with the energy and effort you need him to play with moving over to Kyrie birthday boy turned 30 today uh, finished with 43 points 15 of 27 from the field 6 of 11 from 3 7 of 7 from the free throw line 8 assists 2 rebounds 1 steal 1 block 3 turnovers Kyrie was great offensively in this game again, just continuing his hot streak. He's just been on fire, especially on fire from three. Another over 50, uh, 50% performance from three. Uh, you just love the way he's playing, and also you love the eight assists. Him and KD combined for 78 points and 16 assists. That's pretty damn good. And in most nights, that should definitely you know result in a win. Tonight that didn't happen. I think Kyrie defensively could have been a little bit more consistent throughout the game. But, again, I'm, I'm willing to give Katie and Kyrie a pass, especially on a night like tonight where they're asked to do so much and deal with such a level of physicality. And this isn't a playoff game. This is a regular season game. And, you know, there was just a lot of tenacity in this one. So he did enough. He was great in this one. And you hate to see another 40-point Kyrie performance go to waste. And now moving on to Patty Mills, who Jack and I talked about a little bit already. Zero points, 0-4 from the field, 0-3 from three. Uh, one rebound, no assist, two turnovers. Just wasn't good. Just really wasn't impactful positively in any way. And you really just need him to provide three-point shooting. in a night like tonight where you're missing Seth and Gorin, you'd love for Patty to give you 10, 12, 15 points, and maybe you could even get a heater. You know, some of this you could look at and look at the Nets and blame themselves, you know, excuse me, they overused him all season long. You know, his workload has been huge, and now that's having a negative impact on Patty. Maybe, like we've alluded to previously in the show, is, you know, get him some rest, find him some opportunities to get some days off to get his body back right. It's been a long stretch from the Olympics to now for Patty, and the Nets could use that type of burst, like, in the playoffs. Like, he doesn't need to play 25 minutes, but if he can give you 12 minutes off the bench and give you nine points and hit three threes, that can be quarter swinging in a game and a quarter can swing a, a game and a game can swing a series and a series can swing your championship hopes. So, you know, getting Patty right before the playoffs is going to be pretty big, but a lot of that also depends on Seth and Goran. And like at the end of the day, Steve Nash didn't have other guards to play because Cam Thomas still has been in a little bit of a funk finished tonight with four points. I would two from the field. oh one one from three, four, four from the free throw line, one rebound, one steal. I think, you know, physically, Not the best game for him. Cam doesn't always love the physicality. And, you know, Memphis definitely banged him around. Desmond Bain hit him with a hard foul in transition. Steven Adams levels him. So, you know, if you're not getting production – from uh, cam or patty off the bench it's going to be tough you know those guys combined for four points all four coming from cam at the free throw line you need at least 10 from them and you know, some of that's not even just the production that's just alleviating some of the pressure and load off of you know kyrie and kd like every minute those guys were on the floor they were asked to either you know score the basketball or create for others or create some type of advantage for the offense and it's tough like you just need other players to step up Claxon and this one I wouldn't say was terrible. He just wasn't super impactful. You know, seven points, two or two from the field, three or four from the free throw line, five rebounds, uh, one block. I think also some of his limited impact is the nets didn't really switch crispy in this game you know there's opportunities to switch they really didn't switch they didn't bait the guards into you know bad situations and didn't really allow Clax to excel so this wasn't a terrible game from clacks but it wasn't like one of the games that we've seen over the last couple weeks especially the one that he just had against the utah jazz arguably one of the best games of his career so you know you'd probably like to see a little bit more from him but again he's also a component like he's a guy that's getting set up by others and you know someone's creating advantage allowing him to succeed the only thing you could argue is maybe have more of an impact on the offensive boards or the boards in general where he wasn't great in this one and did finish minus 26 and there there wasn't those those highlight defensive plays that you love to see from clacks at least one or two of them and then you know getting on to probably the worst night of the night james johnson finished with zero points 0-3 from the field 0-1 from three uh one rebound and one block one turnover and Committed probably one of the worst passes of the season. You know, he he honestly had a wide-open dunk. You know, Jaron Jackson had moved off to the right, and James Johnson literally could have threw it down, and he uh, elected the pass to Kyrie, who fumbled it out of bounds, and it was just a momentum play too. You know, that play and the uh, the KD uh, turnover to Kyle Anderson, those felt like plays – that allowed Memphis to just hang around a little bit more to get that burst in that first fourth quarter to to run away with it, and maybe if the Nets get those plays, you could look at the game a little bit differently, and maybe it takes a little confidence out of the the Memphis Grizzlies missing you know John Morant in this one. So it's tough to win when you know you're really only getting a ton of production out of two players, you know. Like I said, Bruce played well. After that, there was some guys that played okay. And then there were some guys that played really, really poorly, be it Patty Mills, be it James Johnson. And those are guys that are vets, and you expect to give you more than zero points and zero assists and also just not have a positive impact defensively. You know, James Johnson was terrible on that end. Patty Mills was terrible on that end. You need those guys to be better. And Patty was minus 26. James Johnson was minus 16. Clax was minus 26. It's tough. You know, Kyrie was minus five. Katie was minus five, but Kess was plus five. Andre Drummond, plus 14. Bruce Brown, plus six. You know, we don't always look at those numbers. They're not the end all be all, but you could see some of the numbers correlate with the play we saw on the floor tonight. So, uh, it's tough and you know like jack and i talked about we'd love to see blake a little bit in this one especially for james johnson you just see in a gritty physical performance like this with some hustle plays needed blake could have been that guy to make some of those extra plays and like we talked about he played really well against the utah jazz so interesting that he didn't get a go in this one but like Jack and I talked about, you move on. You hope you get a win in the next game. Hopefully, Goran and Seth are back, and you can you know beat the Miami Heat. And obviously, we got the great news that Kyrie Irving will be able to return at home. Jack and I dropped a separate episode, kind of jumping to that and all the different factors and the impact. But as always, big thanks to everybody for listening to Buzz, and check it on all streaming platforms.